It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Corrin. Delighted to be joined by Record Sports Michael Gannon and Craig Swan. Guys, how are you? Not bad, chaps. How are you? You alright? Good, good. Out and about. Out and about. Working. Long so, day in Aberdeen yesterday. So, are you, uh, are you still in the car coming back to Aberdeen now? Yeah, just about, yeah. <laughs> Time it took me at the chip shop in Stonehaven. <laughs> well, that, you've got, you've got a part-time gig as an Uber driver. <laughs> no, I'll say never. <laughs> I think uh, I think Petodri is obviously the best place to start uh, with yourself, Swanee. Celtic two wins out of two. Uh, I thought, generally speaking, it was a it was a really entertaining game, really good game. But do you think Brendan Rodgers will be happy with the, the side's performance? Probably for what from where he wants to get Celtic to, no. But in terms of the stage they're at right now, yes. If that makes sense, I mean, it's early days. The building process is, is still taking place. We've heard various players speak about a transition in style from the Ange Postacoglu days. There's going to be tweaks. There's going to be changes, positional changes for certain players, the way things are done. These things take time. It doesn't just flow immediately. I think there's a terrific atmosphere in Aberdeen yesterday. The home fans really turned out. Aberdeen really had a go. They had plenty of threat themselves. There was a lot for Aberdeen fans to be excited about. For the season ahead, they've still got more players to come in as well. They were a threat. They put Celtic under pressure. But Celtic made chances. And in the end, won the game relatively comfortably. I mean, there was there's always scoreline pressure in a game. From a Celtic point of view, at 2-1, you're since Aberdeen are in it. But for anybody who didn't see the full game, I know this isn't a guide, but you know it's one of them where you watch the highlights back afterwards. Celtic have created three, four, five chances in the second half. They could easily have scored four or five goals. Yeah. Um, so, would you be happy if, if, if that if that performance was in February, for example, when everything should be up and running? Probably not. But for the second league game of the season, he'd have a right to be happy. That was a, that's a tough test and a lot, not a lot of teams will win at Petodri this season. I think Aberdeen are a different animal this season under Barry, Barry Robson. We saw it at the tail end of last season. Their home form was strong. They look like they'll be strong again. That, that was a terrific three points for Celtic yesterday. I, I mean, Mick, outside of Ibrox, it's probably the hardest place to go at the minute in, in the Premiership. Yeah, and I think it's a I think it's an impressive victory in the context of where Celtic are right now because there's a lot going on with this Celtic squad at the moment. Um, so when I touched on it, they're trying to adjust to a, a new system, a new way of playing. They've also got a, an awful lot of injury problems. I mean, they're missing Arthur Johnson. 
Cameron Carter-Vickers is, is coming back, but he's obviously going to get a few niggles along the way as he builds back from a long-term injury. There's a, well, Rio Hotati, who came off after, what, 20-odd minutes after he came off the bench. His situation's a bit up in the air. There's an O is out long-term. New signings like Telio's not going to be seen for a, a good few weeks. Mickey Johnson, we don't know about for another few months as well. There's a, Carol Starfield's left. Jota's left. Aaron Moy's left. There's a lot of things happening right now at, at Celtic. So they're, they're very much a kind of... I'm not saying it has a patchwork set up just now, but they're, they're, they're kind of not really... We're not really seeing what Celtic are going to be yet because I think the next few weeks are going to be absolutely um, crucial in terms of where this, this side goes. As it stands, they're, they're kind of make it, mending and making do. Um, I think they need to make signings. I think that obviously you've got the, the Swedish defender on the way who sounds like a real, a real player. Um, you've got Navroski, who looks, I think, who looked really good so far. He's coming, and again, trying to find his feet in this defence with, with Starfelt leaving. Um, so... There's a lot going on, and they're still winning. They've won two games out of two. Not really been con- that convincing in terms of where they've been the last couple of seasons, um, but got great results. It's a bit ominous for the rest, really. You think Celtic have won two games, scored seven goals, and have they really kicked a ball yet, to be mm. honest? No. And see, uh, just what you mentioned them before, but just to get your guys' take on Carl Starfelt leaving, because I thought he was a really influential player for Celtic, really important kind of went under the radar a bit next to Carter Vickers. And for me, I mean, it's been reported €4 million Euros or somewhere in that region. I thought I thought it was worth a bit more than that in the current market. Two years in his deal, Sweden International. What do you think? Possibly. Possibly. Obviously, there was a situation that seemed to develop that the, the, both parties wanted to get the move done pretty quickly. I'm certainly Starfelt did. Listen, Celtic paid £4 million pounds for him. They got two seasons, they got five trophies out of six, and they got their money back. Listen, I do, I can understand what you're saying. Could they have squeezed five, six? Maybe. But really, they got two years out of a guy, and as I say, five trophies out of six, they got their money back. I'd say that's not too bad. When you put it that way. <laughs> you put it that way eh? But yeah. Mick, you mentioned, I think it was Gustav, I think I'm saying his name right, Lagerbilk, who, from what we understand, is on the way. Yeah, that'll be done and dusted the next couple of days. Um, by all accounts, everyone you speak to over there thinks he's a right good prospect. I mean, a good player just now, but a, a top prospect. Um, what I think with that one is you've now got, you need, you need three or four good centre-halves. Um, that'll, give them, that'll take back up to three. And I think also that looks like, you look at Narovsky as well, you've got a bit of insurance policy that they can now go ahead and perhaps sell Carter Vickers next summer for big money. Because I think that's got to be the long-term plan. Again, he's done two years now, a year to go. You think cash in, get a right good few quid, and you've got two guys there who are young, kind of hungry centre-halves, who then can do another couple of seasons and they get sold. That, that's, that's the model. So that, that looks like a good bit of business. Um, interesting to see who plays on a weekly basis in the, in the short term. Might see three at the back in Europe, I think. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Um, but I still think Celtic are a bit short. I think the talk is... Taking these these phrases that I, that I hate, right? Things like taking the club to the next level, making an impact in Europe. I mean, it's like oh, I mean, it's like David Brent presentation stuff, isn't it? This is words, right? What does it actually mean? It means getting better players. So at the moment, Celtic have they got better players than they had last season? No, they haven't. Because I think I think even back to January, and you look at um, you look at the players that left, Jackie Marcus, Ivanovic left in January. 
uh, they were top players. I don't think. I think that the the we're still. I think Alice Johnson's been great, but is he Juranovic level yet? Don't know. Oh, come in for Jackie Marcus. Is he is at that level yet? Arguably not. Um, then you look at Jotel even. Starfield, I think, yeah, take the money and run. I mean, he's, he's done, a, done a decent enough job, but I don't think he's anything special, to be honest with you. A bit of a bomb scare at times. Impressive as on games, he gets a bit flaky. Um, I think they've upgraded oh, to the... Michael uh, Shirley, a bit harsh. Ah, class needs away. <laughs> uh, I don't think, think Brendan Rodgers fans to him either, to be honest with you. I mean, all this, I mean it's nice to say, listen, oh, he's got other things. He's, he's chasing his missus and all that stuff. He's peace. Um, I'm not having that. Um, I think I think they've updated the two guys that came in um, on Starfield, so that's that's a good bit of business. But you look at in general, I think that the terms of this taking to the next level and making an impact in Europe, they're not there yet. So the next few weeks, it's, it's checkbook time. There's plenty of money in the bank. They need to go out and get. They're not going to go and get a, a Premier League type player on twenty five million pounds or hundred grand a week, but they need to go and get a right good prospect that costs money that can be then polished up and sold for mega money. A la Jota, Carter Vickers, Rio, Tati, these guys. Uh, he's, that's the kind of need to go and get. We need to go and get some guys who have got real star quality. Maybe not star names as yet, but real star quality and get that team and make them better. Um, they're fine just now, and I still think still got more than enough to deal with the weekly battles in the, in the Scottish Premier League. Um, keep playing the way they're playing now, and I think they'll, they'll come a cropper at some point, but they do need to, to, to bolster the team. If they want to do... This kind of um, next level stuff, they need to need to get into action in the next few weeks. But I, I think they will, to be honest with you. I do think they will. And I mean, would you see, or either of you see it as, as a direct replacement for Jota, that kind of wide attacker? And on that, I thought Yang looked really good at the weekend. He's really fast feet, uh, got his first assist, obviously. I think he looks really promising. But this kind of um, new signing, is it really just an attacker that, or, you know, the centre half's coming? I would have thought that my own personal opinion was I, I would have thought another another striker's needed. Um, I think at the moment there's only two out and out, although Michael was in Japan and did see Dyson Maeda used through the middle to good effect by all accounts. Um, Michael saw those games in person. I didn't see them, so we wouldn't want to comment too much in a game that you haven't seen yourself. You're only watching the telly. You don't get a true reflection. So um, th- that would make it three, say two and a half. But I would have thought another one would, would be a possibility. I definitely think there'll be something needed in the middle of the park. The wide area is interesting. I guess it would. You would automatically think that Jota would be replaced but with a signing. But it will depend what Brendan Rodgers thinks of Yang and how good he thinks he is and how good he thinks he can be. Leela Bada's obviously been given a good confidence boost and told he'll play. Maida's going to play quite a lot. So... That's three, if you count Yang. So maybe another one. I still think maybe it's interesting. The fullback positions, left back. You know, Greg Taylor was outstanding. I mean, Greg Taylor's performances last season were magnificent. It's a very, very high bar to match again this season. And you know, Alexander, Alexandro Berner, but I got a, got some nice words from Brendan yesterday, and it's all forgotten and blah blah blah. But I'm not sure he did himself any favors with that. So. Um, I still think there might be something that could be done there, but yeah, I, I, I agree with Mick. I think I think now the stage of the window it's at, Celtic are now dealing, and if if you want to use a, a phrase, proper players, you're now getting into the last two weeks of the transfer window. 
proper players that are starting to move. The English market's really starting to move now, the European market. I think the ones they might be looking at are going to be good ones. And they're the type of ones you need to wait for. You're not going to get them in the middle of June. And then, as, as we spoke about in a podcast before, you don't then get them at the start of August or the end of July. So if you're a selling club, why are you selling them then? You don't want to sell them then. If you've got an £8 million midfield player with two weeks to go in the window, you're going to be touting them around every club in Europe to try and get that to 10, 12, 14. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. So if, I think Celtic fans should be encouraged rather than deflated by the fact that they haven't had a, had a mega signing yet because I think that means... I almost think the longer it goes, the better it might be. I could be wrong, but that's just a gut feel. I think what we're starting to really see now is that this... I think there was an assumption when Rodgers came in, it was a guy pick up the reins and just maintaining the, the level of, of dominance and play and that stuff. But listen, anyone watching last season and listening to the, the previous manager knew that this summer was going to be a, a summer big change. And I still it will be a big change. I still think I think Hitati could quite easily go. Um, I, I think I think Leo Bad is an interesting one. I thought I assumed he was going to go. Ellen someone now it could it could stay, but it depends on what bids come in. Um, everyone's going to be sweating on. I know, listen, I know Kyle was in a new deal, but if he keeps playing the way he's playing, somebody's going to panic and buy and try and put in a bid for him late in the window. So, all of a sudden, it, it's become it's not a maintenance job, it's a bit of a rebuild. And this is what Andrew Spurs Coglu was hinting at all last year. He saw that his team coming to the end of the two year cycle and having to regenerate, just so happened that to regenerate the manager as well. But, um, now Rogers came in, and then he will get the chance to, to regenerate this squad, and it's starting to happen. You'll see guys starting to fade away. We've seen people who haven't really kicked on in pre-season, guys like Haksavanovic, promised a lot last season, some nice cameos, not kicked on in pre-season, not taking a chance, really. Um, the Tati one, uh, the Maida one's interesting. Rodgers, I think, sees him as a, as a front, front man uh, through the middle, rather than a wide man. But with O out, you can't have him doing both. He can't play 60 minutes at the, the flank, up and doing that flank, chasing and harassing folk left, right, and then going through the middle when Kyogo's knackered. So that does mean that perhaps a striker's got to be looked at as well. So he can't he can do both, um, especially on the back of playing solid football for about two and a half years. At some point, he's going to be going to need a rest as well. Um, so the, the job is 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 bigger than than maybe some people kind of realise. But it, it was hinted at for the last kind of six months or twelve months even. So it's it's no surprise that people have been watching him closely. But again, I get back to the point. This next few weeks is going to be really really interesting in terms of incomes and outgoings. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I think as well, what could be tempting if you're a player maybe considering Celtic, the Champions League draw, which is still, to, I think it's on the 31st of August, which is the Friday, and I think the transfer window shuts on the Monday. 
So I think I'm writing that anyway. I think it's the second of September, third of September. If you're a player, Celtic get a big draw. That that could be a really exciting pool. You know, Celtic for a seat, maybe it's on loan or something like that. That could really draw. You would like you would like to think the club with the, the ducks in a row a bit sharper than that. <laughs> wait for the, yeah. wait for on Thursday night to try and get a player in for Sunday. These these deals take time. Yeah, maybe that would be a wee bit tight now. I, yeah. think, I, I think I think the numbers on the on the paycheck matter more than the numbers on the balls coming out the heart. To be honest with you, um, call me call me a cynic, but I think that tends to be the tends to be the defining factor. I'm even that. I'm even more of a cynic, Michael. I often think this. Listen, I could be talking utter nonsense, but this cha- I think this Champions League thing's a bit overblown, don't you? In the sense of I'm going to go and sign for a club somewhere so that I can basically get six games in the Champions League. And you well, could be injured for one of I'll forfeit the remainder of my entire season, gone to small places just 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 so that I can six games where we're likely to be chasing the ball for the majority of the time. In those games, it's uh, listen. I can see both sides of it. If you go into the Champions League and you play well, you got to move. Listen, if you're Jota, for example, Jota missed quite a lot of Champions League football last year due to injury. But the games he played. I mean, he was brilliant at Leipzig and scored a great goal. He scored a wonder free kick in the Bernabeu, and next thing he's got a 25 million move to Saudi Arabia. So maybe I'm talking rubbish. Maybe it is well, a Champions League where you get no, your, your big. No, well, actually, Tony, the point you're making is actually by accident is that um, if the Champions League marked that much, these guys wouldn't be going to Saudi Arabia. I mean, I mean they're, they're clearly, yeah. not caring, clearly not caring about Champions League when they're making 200 grand a week. Yeah, uh, that's above. Right. So. Um, it's all right talking about the, the Premier League or La Liga or whatever it is and all that stuff, but it's um, money talks. Don't be wrong. Listen, if you're a young, if you're a guy like I mean, the Jota, the Jota signing uh, two years ago was a perfect signing for Celtic. That's that is the model working perfectly. You get a guy who's at Benfica B. His metrics are off the chart. Looks like a real prospect. You get him on loan for a season, which is great business anyway, with a with a, a guaranteed buyout at the end of it. So he has an absolutely brilliant season. It, it should have cost double what it cost after that twelve months. They get them for a song and then they sell them for fortunes. That's that is the model working absolutely perfectly, and that's the that's what they should be looking at in the next. Or that's what they are looking at just now. Let's be honest. And um, if you only have someone who makes impact like that, they'll, they'll want to watch. But that's the trick. Keep them doing that all the time. It's no easy, um, but that's what they need to try and get to be doing. I've got to say, America, it's probably there's no point in looking back to the past. The jot has gone now, but. Wasn't that the best piece of scouting that there's been in God knows how long? You find a guy in Benfica's B team to get you 25 million quid in two years. I know yeah. the Saudi money comes in here and the transfer fee probably wouldn't have been as much as that if it wasn't anywhere else. But even just to find him, to find him where he was playing, tremendous. Exactly. But it, 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 I mean, the Saudi, forget where he went. And, and uh, even the cost of him, listen, I mean, yeah. Odson Edward, 20 million, Moussa Dembele, 20 million, Christopher yeah. Adler, 16 million. The market's there. England, I, I, I was laughing. English football was like, oh, the Saudi, Saudi, Saudi League are ruining football and all that stuff. Like, what have been doing for the last 20 years? The English Premier League started that in 1995. There has been some yeah. great hypocrisy there. Um, Crushing, like, Holland. They crushed Serie A. Well, I think they couldn't cope with them. They took other players from the Bundesliga. They ruined that league for a bit. And now they're getting now they're suffering some of their own medicine or whining about it. Listen, I'm watching I'm watching fullbacks that can't kick their own backside and 80 grand a week in England, so don't give us peace with that talk. Yeah, you'd have got 40 grand a week as a caper, Mike, or Fulham, maybe. Oh, that's the thing, yeah. It's still time, so I'm only 44. <laughs> <It's still time. laughs> 
I'm more I'm more buffy than Buffon, unfortunately. <laughs> we should say actually talking about keepers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Hart yesterday. He did have a moment, a little bit of a scare. I think it was Miofsky that he clatt- clattered into. Turned out he was offside and it wouldn't have mattered. Sokla. Esther Sokla. Oh, was it? Sorry. See, that's, that's why Swan is here. You're the host, Daniel. Come on now. Keep, keep me right. Um, do you think it's a position that Celtic have been linked with improving in the summer? Do you think that will be in Rodgers' radar at all? I think it will be, but, but that's not necessarily a, a slight on Joe Hart, if, if that makes sense, because... Joe Hart's reaching an age now where he's going to become. Well, he's already as in the twilight of his career. You have to be. You have to be looking on. Scott Bain's not going to be the number one. I think with that's pretty much established by all that that's not going to happen. Ben Segrist, for whatever reason last year, whether he didn't impress enough, whether Ange Postecoglou thought Joe Hart was so integral he couldn't get a game, but you almost feel that the 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 ship has sailed for him now. I think when a guy comes in and they're there for so long and they don't play, it's very unlikely that they'll get going in the end. So. I think it would be, but if it is, I don't think that necessarily is a slight on Joe Hart. I think it's maybe just a natural progression. You have to have some succession planning. I did think Benjamin Segrist was the succession plan, but that was an old manager. So I would imagine Brendan Rodgers may have an idea for, for something else. I mean, Joe, Joe Hart has been... There was a feeling towards the end of last season, people started to pick up on one or two errors and one or two mistakes and one or two things and started to read into it and think maybe the time's coming and then obviously the couple of moments in pre-season and again it's been picked upon the pass back I mean Tony Ralston's pass back in the Ross County game now don't get me wrong Joe Hart's going to be trying to kill it on his chest in his own box but he wasn't exactly helped there I thought he was really good yesterday and I thought he did something yesterday that he's been guilty of not doing in the past and Celtic have been under pressure cross balls getting bombarded he came and he punched and he cleared and he he took a lot of pressure off the back line at times. Um, there was one or two guys at the stadium yesterday at the match, actually, who were a wee bit critical at the goal. Um, I must admit, I didn't catch it at first, but when I kind of thought about it again, maybe where Duke crossed that ball from. If you think about where Duke actually crosses the ball from from Myoski, it's literally two yards from Joe, Joe Hart's byline. So he should really have been claiming that and bailing Cameron Carter-Vickers out. However, apart from that, this is what happens when the, in these situations when people start to have a concern or start to look into a goalkeeper. They pick on everything. They don't pick, they don't look at the good things. They pick on the couple of wee errors that happened in the game. As I'm one of them creep man, that's up for debate. For me, he's probably making the same wee errors that he was making in every game last year. Only people are prepared to look past it because, oh, it's Joe Hart and he's doing great. But now the narrative's changed a wee bit. goes back a wee bit to what Michael was saying about Carl Starfelt. Carl Starfelt had a howler in his first game against Hearts. People never really forgave him for it. They were always looking for the mistake rather than the good things that he did. There was a few, so why you fairness? There was a few. I'm not denying there was a few, but there was also a lot of top-class performances in there. Yeah. You know, he, he, had, he had some... He, when Postacoglu won his first title, he sang to have performance at Ibrox. It was sensational in that, that last game. His performance in the Cup semi-final. He also had 20 minutes in that game where he could cost the match at Ibrox. He did an absolute wobble for 20 minutes and he's all over the camp. Are we talking about the, the, the same game? Are we? Oh, the new, the new, the new year. Um, no, no, I was in the new year. Major, major wobble. Oh, but the um, game is 1-2-1 at the end of Postacoglu's first season. 
anyway, he's gone anyway. Thomas Joe Hart. Yeah. Um, aye, I, I agree with you. So I think people are looking for looking for things that are he's done wrong. And that one, see the goal, see the goal in Sunday. Um, you say, oh, he should have came out and, and, and dealt with that ball and raced out. Guy's 36 years old. It's a bit like the goal that uh, Alan McGregor lost um, to Celtic last season with the back pass to John Souter. People are how, how come he's not managed to get, make that? He's a bit of yeah. 20 last start on Jota yeah. because, because he's 40. Yeah. Joe Hart didn't get to that ball because he's 36. He knows yeah. himself. I'm no beating Duke in a leg race. Um, Carl Vickers actually made a bit of a mistake with that one. I thought, I thought he's, yeah. he's, he's no, I think. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't me personally, it was just it was one or two yeah. guys around. I thought I wasn't quite yeah. sure. I just think that the way the ball was flighted over, I thought Joe Hart thought Carter Vickers was in control of the situation, and yeah. by the time he realized Carter Vickers wasn't in control of the situation, it was too late to come for it. Yeah, was it also, I'm trying to make to people so you can't come knows, for it then once Carter Vickers is missed. That's too late. No, then. It, it also knows in that split second as well. Like, well, I'm not get, I can't get involved in a leg race here because I'm not going to make it, and it's penalty yeah. kick. It's a penalty kick. Uh, you need to take your chances, get your position, and hope he doesn't get put a good ball in, which he did. So that's what you just accept that. You can't blame somebody for being 36. I thought that's he was good yesterday, Joe Hart. I thought he did a yeah, lot. Of good Especially with, with, a, with a de- totally de- patchwork. You used that word earlier. I mean, it, it did end up a patchwork defence in the end, and they were under pressure. And Stephen Wells did well when he came on. There. You know, they did, did well with some high balls. Ralston fought, Taylor fought, but. Joe Hart helped him a lot by claiming a lot, clearing a lot, punching, catching. I thought he did well yesterday. I thought he, I thought he was good as well. I think I don't, I don't think there's a big enough problem there. I think long term, yeah, I agree with you. They'll need, they'll need to look long term. Um, finding a good top goalkeeper long term is it's not easy either. Um, yeah. um, I actually like the look of you've, um, you've got to know the timing, don't you, Michael? I mean, this was. It yeah. was I mean, you just mentioned Alan McGregor. Rangers stuck too long for Alan McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Was that they, they, they kind of just kept going too long? Yeah, a season too many. Um, yeah. I actually like I like Kel Roos at Aberdeen. I mean, Don's fans will be, be hunting me down for saying it. But I think I think Roos at Aberdeen, the good keeper. Um, yeah. Just falls yeah. into the Ben Seagrass category, though, doesn't it? You go and take maybe, the before maybe. one of the top three comes in and doesn't play. Maybe, maybe. I also think if you'd said back in January that, that Celtic would begin in August and again Patoji and they would have you get the result with a team that involved Tony Ralston, Stephen Wells, James Forrest. David Turnbull, these kind of guys, you think, you think, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have expected it back in January, which again, that shows how much they're having to patch up and what needs to be done in the next few weeks. They're keeping yeah. back to it. Yeah, when you're right, that makes it the double-edged sword that we go back to Daniel's very first question. Yeah. It's not the yeah. performance that you would want because it's not the, maybe not the team that you want, but mm. given the circumstances, it was a cracking result. Yeah. Next up for Celtic, it's Kilmarnock in the, the League Cup uh, on Sunday. Obviously, you fancy Celtic to win. They'll, they'll obviously be the favourites, but I don't think that'll be a particularly easy game. You've got, obviously, we all know about the pitch. And Kelly looks vastly improved this season. Kelly have been excellent this season. We've got yeah. a real shit about them. Derek McCannis has brought a few new players in. But last season just felt like a rush job in pre-season. Trying to gather and sorted. There was loads of loans came in from down south, and it just was never right. They were never right last season, come on. He actually got a structure about the team. He's had time to get the new signings in, bed them in, good bit of experience in there. Guys like Stuart Finlay coming back. That's a massive signing for Kilmarnock, like Stuart Finlay. Yeah. Scotland International under Steve Clark when he was last at Kilmarnock, like, you know, top top player for the Scottish Premier League. Um, recruited really well, good structure, strong. They'll be very similar to Aberdeen. Yeah. Where on Sunday. Very similar. Probably a bit less adventurous. Because I don't think, you know, Kilmarnock don't have 
a Duke and a Mayorski. Yeah. Kelvin Sales carrying an injury, playing with sort of Marley Watkins. Michael obviously saw them yesterday uh, on Sunday at Tynecastle. You have a, a better idea of the latest performance. Um, but people saw what they did against Rangers at, at Rugby Park in the opening night of the Premiership season. They're solid. Rangers didn't give them much to think about. That's the difference. And I think as much as Celtic are struggling with fluency at the moment, the front three are dynamite. They're so yeah. quick. Abada, Maida, Kyogo. I mean, we saw the goals that were scored at Rugby Park last season. You know, Maida getting down, pullbacks, Kyogo in the box. They can score a goal out of nothing, yeah. these guys. And that's the one thing that Celtic have got in their armory. The Rangers didn't have, and Hearts didn't have, a time castle yesterday. They don't have that lethal pace that can get them behind. So it'll be a good game, a tight game, I would think. I don't think it'll be like the last time when well, Celtic four up after about half an hour or something the last time. I don't think that'll happen again, but I'm expecting a good tie. And then there's, yeah. sorry, on you go, Mike. Sorry. No, I, I was at, I was at Tynecastle yesterday, and I was really impressed with Kilmer. I mean, they just look like a proper team now. I mean, I think last year it, again, we're not patching it together. I mean, McInnes had to, to patch his squad together all season. Um, this time they look like a real unit at the back division. That back three, uh, Finley, Robbie Dees, um, and Lewis Mayo, really, really good. Uh, a bit of quality, Matty Kennedy and Danny Armstrong, a bit of quality, middle of park. Uh, Brad Lyons and all that stuff. I mean, I, I just think they look like a right good team. I mean, they've actually now played Rangers and Hearts. The worst, I mean, what the hardest start you can imagine in the, in the, in the league. And, and for 45 minutes against Rangers, second half, and then 90 minutes at Tynecastle, the goalie's not a save to make. Not a shot and goal between the two games. Um, just rock solid. And they're also kind of a wee bit of threat. They could do a wee bit more of a threat to think, to... to if they're going to do an upset Celtic, they need a wee bit more of a goal threat. But then again, set pieces and all that stuff, they're, they're really dangerous as well. Uh, probably should be more dangerous than we might have had at Tynecastle. But I think they'll cause a problem. I think it's the toughest toughest tie Celtic have got in terms of the seeding. It's a trip to come out. This, this come out team is the toughest um, clash you could have, um, could have asked for at this point in time. So I, I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really uncomfortable uh, afternoon, especially with this, this Celtic team in, in transition just now. Well, just, not unfortunate for both of them, wasn't it? Celtic are the worst unseed they could have got, and Kilmarnock are the worst seed they could have got. Well, the funny, the funny thing about Kilmarnock is, I think when they've always made it, all going, oh, you've got to be kidding us on here. Um, what a nightmare. But I think, speaking to a few of them yesterday, they're thinking now, you know what? Let's, have a, let's bring it on here. This is um, uh, a big chance for them. Because uh, getting something just now is the time to get them. Because um, I think if you get them in a, a semi-final or final down the line, um, it may be a different, different ball game. But no, I think they'll fancy this. I think they will fancy it. Um, they'll, they'll try and drag Celtic into their game. Um, and there's, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, so I think it's potentially a really, really tricky tie for Celtic. So it's like a five run, five nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I think that more or less brings us to the end of this week's Record Celtic podcast. Uh, Craig, Michael, as always, it's been a pleasure. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers. <laughs>